Welcome to What The If News, the show where we, I was trying to think of a new title because we're, we're, we're about to spin this up. We're going to be, this is a big, become a spinoff. Right. Um, and uh, it will get its own feed. It's going to stay here for a little while. So if you're listening, you know, you keep listening, but um, let me just finish this music out in much more exciting fashion. What the if news? Yes, celebrate. It just goes on. My and goodness. On. Yeah. It just, <laughs> the impressive. news never stops. The news never stops. Um, but uh, yeah, write in, by the way, if, if, you, uh, if you'd be interested in having this as a separate feed or if you are listening, uh, if you enjoy listening as a twofer with our regular feature presentation, um, the news show we do here on Mondays, the feature generally on Fridays. Uh, what the if.com you can send us a note we are here if you've never been here before gabby could you describe what do we do here yeah we go over stuff about uh covid19 uh colloquially referred to as the plague nowadays um <laughs> and what's new in the news what things are happening uh ranging from you know maybe new things that we've learned about the virus to just maybe new developments like spikes in cases or uh now like today uh new developments in the hunt for a vaccine indeed um and uh matt how did you come to be on this show how did how did we come to have gabby to be so fortunate as to have gabby giving us this well, we have our usual weekly um, experiment with uh, changing something about the universe and learning some science uh, as we destroy it. Um, and uh, as the plague started destroying the universe for us, uh, we brought in Gabby as our resident expert and we decided she was so valuable. We just had to have her on uh, all the time. There's a good title. I think we have Gabby versus the plague. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You can get like a, a nice graphic of me just like fists up. Um, that's right. You know, totally. that's right. <laughs> going like 10 rounds of the coronavirus. That's fantastic. Yes. Yes. Uh, send in your suggestion for a title. I feel like we'll, we, we need, we, we, we're long overdue for a title. Yeah. Um, beyond what they So, um, anyway, so the news this week that we are, Gabby basically helps us get behind the headlines, inside the headlines with an electron microscope, with DNA uh, detecting instruments. And the headline, one of the headlines uh, that was jumping out at thus, out at this, out, thus. Boy, I really want to say thus. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of suspicious. This morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thus, the headline this week uh, that jumped out at us was that uh, one of the um, companies that's been uh, trying to find a vaccine uh, had to halt their tests. And uh, so, Gabby, what's what's the story there? Yeah. So. I think a, a couple weeks ago, uh, so the story that I'm looking at reports it at September 8th. Uh, so that was what, last week? Uh, AstraZeneca put their COVID-19 vaccine study on hold due to a suspected adverse reaction in one participant in their UK trial. So this is essentially where someone came down with something and because they're on an experimental medication, basically, they halted the study and giving it to new people, basically, to figure out did this come from what we're giving them? And maybe try to work out, you know, is this just some quirk of this particular patient's biology? Or is this directly related to what we gave them? And I don't think the answer to that is 100% clear yet. Um, 
But do we know what happened? What what happened to them? Yeah, so they got something known as transverse myelitis. So I'm not a doctor. I don't know everything about it, but it it doesn't sound good. Um, But basically, it's inflammation to either side of your spinal cord, which Mm -hmm. could be caused by they, they say immune reactions or an infection with something. So I think as far as the scope of reactions, it's definitely a severe one, but not necessarily unexpected because if it's, it is it is an inflammation thing, it's their body reacting to the fact that they do have something foreign. Mm. Um, and although it's not, you know, caused by the virus because they're not injecting them with the virus itself, we can have as people pretty strong immune reactions to things. And it seems like, you know, someone's immune system might have dramatically overreacted or it could be from something else. So I think that's what they're trying to figure out. Maybe if they have some co-infection with something else that they picked up, who knows right now? They're, they're being a little bit quiet about the details, which kind of stinks because, of course, I want to know. Uh, but it's... Now, now, is it the kind of thing like where you see the lists of side effects for a prescription drug and it always includes headaches just because if you get enough people together doing something somebody's going to be having a headache and for thoroughness they they always list it like somebody at any group of 100 people somebody's going to get transverse myelitis probably not this okay. is pretty serious this would be like you know how at the very end they're like and serious risks include you know yeah. You know, the three or Ability four things that happen. Yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> actually, that'd be a good one. I'd take that. It <laughs> would be good. But, you know, they, they, they have to list the serious stuff. But I think Matt's point is also really important that, you know, you hear these drug advertisements and there's this laundry list of side effects that are read ra- just as fast as possible, rap god yeah. style, just in the very <laughs> middle where like half the commercials and listing side effects. Uh, and... This is because, you know, if anyone has anything, they're sort of required to report it and include it as a side effect. I think at one point I was learning about this and it's something like if you get in a car accident, you have to report it to them. And it's not necessarily that car accidents could be a side effect, but they need to know that, you know, that somehow maybe that you could have been affected by something you were taking and therefore the person driving got into a car accident. I I don't know, but it's Mm, it's required. So it's... It's a very thorough process, generally, and them halting the study is is good. That's like things are working as they're supposed to. Of course, not working exactly as they're supposed to, because in an ideal world, no one would have any adverse side effects. But human beings are are weird. We're not all cookie cutters of each other, and some people just have weird reactions to things. Yeah, and, and the vaccine, the vaccine development system is working. I mean, that, that's what's yeah. kind of amazing to me. Um, just a quick side note about, uh, you know, we always, uh, there are people who look, uh, they have conspiracy theories about big pharma. And not to say that big pharma has not done, uh, you know, unseemly things over the years for sure. But um, no one talks about the secret big stock footage. Big stock <laughs> footage, uh, <laughs> which is when you talked about all the, uh, symptoms that get list all the legalese that gets thrown into those commercials. Those commercials, obviously, they're very expensive. They're running in the most expensive time slots. You know, they're running in all the time slots on television for drugs. And you just see, you know, how many times you can see grandma on her bike, you know, grandma oh, on her yeah. bike mm-hmm. riding by the lake for a long time. Um, in the past, stock footage would only be used for a quick shot here and there. Here, or there, it's just they're just buying that stuff up like crazy to cover up. Cover up. So just just a shout out, just to point that out to our friends at QAnon. Um, 
this is a particularly public trial. Like this is probably mm-hmm. oh, the yeah. most public, yeah. mm-hmm. public trial of all. Um, so can we give we can give AstraZeneca kudos for alert for for doing the game properly here. I yeah, and I, I think this is a moment to celebrate. Is this a moment? Because I'm, I'm always wary. It's of it's fifty fifty. It's like. Yeah. It, it's like, um, imagine like you just watched an accident almost happen. And then like the person, I don't know, maybe had one of those fancy newer cars that like has the auto detection and put the brakes on. Like uh, you, you watched everything work as it should. It was okay. not an ideal situation. Yeah, you still wish still it hadn't good. happened, but it looked okay. Yeah. I guess in terms of, I guess what I'm, what I'm focused on is for the moment is that how, you know, anti-vaxxers and all that kind of stuff. What they're, they, they're, the medical side of things doesn't seem to, interest them or it's complicated for them or whatever. They just don't follow that. The difficulties of just creating a vaccine from a medical standpoint. But there's the things people fear the most are the people who are doing the work, right? And so a huge part of anti-vaccine involves conspiracies. And so here is at least, for whatever it's worth, one example of, look, you know, the most important vaccine of our time they stopped working on it because uh, for safety. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. it one person that they, yeah. And I also feel like maybe it's kind of important to just give a note about like, when you enroll in these trials, you're not walking into some corporate headquarters, secret lab kind of thing, and then getting injected with their foreign substance and they hold you in cages for a couple of weeks. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. What you do is they, they have multiple sites that are things like hospitals. So for example, Mount Sinai in New York is one. Um, where they're running the Pfizer vaccine trial. And you go there, you basically get a checkup. They take baselines for you for everything, blood, stuff like that. But I think it's blood in this case and a COVID test also to make sure that they're not enrolling someone who's already sick. Um, And then you get the vaccine after some point when they've confirmed that you're eligible. And then you come back in a couple of times and check in multiple times over the month. But it's basically like a doctor's appointment. It's just a slightly different doctor. So it's not like, could we have volunteered? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually trying to enroll in the Pfizer study right now. I figure, I figure, you know, it's, I can read the, at least my advantage is I can read the paper. I I can read their phase one, two information and know what I'm getting into. And for the most part, it just seems like most people get COVID like symptoms, which makes sense because your body's reacting and generating a similar immune response because it's sensing the same spike protein. So it's it's still 50-50 whether you get the placebo. And so I, I might mm-hmm. be kind of uh, the wrench in the study because I know what to look for. <laughs> but I figure it's something like, you know, I, I know enough of the science behind it. I'm not scared. And it's people need to test it. So I might as well guinea pig it. So what's, well, the, next, oh, so what's the next step in this? So they've halted things while they check out this person. And what will what will they be looking for to decide whether or not to proceed or halt everything or start over or bury him in a shallow grave? I mean, what's the, <laughs> what's the flow so chart? Admi- admittedly, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. I they have COVID, do... by the way, maybe a deep grave. Deep, deep yeah. grave. That's true. Yeah, He'll nice. just disappear. Like all of his friends and family, they'll just be like, we don't even know who this person is. I've never heard this name in my life. Just erase him from all the photos. Um, I mean, apparently this person's actually set to be released from the hospital in a couple of days. 
Um, oh, okay. So it's it's not like they had a stroke. It's it's something that can be combated, I think, with like anti-inflammatory medications and stuff like that. Uh, so I think their next step is probably trying to figure out, you know, assess the people who are currently in this study. They don't, it's double blind. So they don't know who's been given the drug or the placebo, except the fact that they, they did reveal to figure out who, whether or not this person with transverse myelitis got the vaccine, mm-hmm. which is a big protocol in, in uh, these tests. Like that is like breaking the red seal. It's, they have to be like, they, it's, it weakens the statistical significance of their findings. Oh, so okay. it's That's done it yeah. very, very carefully. Like they, they won't just do it for anything. So it's very important for them in these studies to keep everything blind. And while they didn't reveal, I don't think they revealed everyone because there was no reason to. Um, I, I think they'll have to probably go and screen everyone who's gotten it or, or you know, drug or placebo and make sure that everyone's good before they, they continue. So we, hmm. we'll see. I personally don't think it's going to necessarily stop them. It's one person in 30,000, I think. And if you roll in the amount of people that they had in phase one, maybe like 35, 40,000. I'm not quite sure how many people they tested originally. But it, it, like I said, humans are weird. People occasionally have reactions to things that you just can't predict. I mean, the yellow fever vaccine, which is approved, very effective, just has occasionally really nasty side effects in certain people. And we don't know yet why i think it's like mm-hmm. one in a quarter of a million people get mm-hmm. neurological symptoms from it and we just don't really know why yet it's right because if we knew then we'd know that every time somebody in, in the long list of legalese or cautions it would say if you have this thing then don't take that because mm-hmm. we know yeah. there's a correlation between this and that. here we have and we sometimes have figuring out you know what's going to cause it is really hard like I've said before, the, the immune system is where logic goes to die. It's just chaotic <laughs> and it's complicated. And, it's, and, and, you know, we generally know if you put X in, you might get Y out. But it can be a little bit of a black box. And some people just have wonky immune systems. And they might never know until they're exposed to something that just triggers one pathway that doesn't work the way that it should. Right. Or like maybe a little bit like allergies or something, right? Where you yeah, suddenly encounter something you hadn't just encountered before and you realize, oh, I'm allergic to this thing. Yeah, and it's like, you know, some people might have extremely severe allergies to, I, I don't know, like a peanut or just yeah, yeah pollen right. from something. And it's like, why do we have this? And it's... Yeah, yeah. The immune system so, is chaotic. <laughs> part two of this is um, we, we we've done some earlier shows and certainly... Until recently, a lot of the talk has been, look, when the vaccine comes, let's trust it. You know, let's look because Mm -hmm. look at the system. So keep your eyes on the system. Learn about the system as much as you can so that you can trust it and you can help other people uh, trust it as well. But we have a new monkey wrench that's been thrown in here, (laughs) which is uh, forget even the United States for a second. I think that there's some talk that Putin might put out something, you know, in Russia. Any, there's, there are people all over the world, including in the United States, who um, m- have motive. There's plenty of motive for being the first to put out something, um, you know, whether it's to benefit their own political career or maybe, you know, I'm sure just to make money. Right. I'm sure there, there are things there's got to be things out there already that say this cures COVID. Right. Well, we've had people have suggested taking certain things, which are like, don't. So um, 
Matt, what's the what's this what scenario? What what kind of choices do you imagine you might have to be making for yourself and for your family coming down the line if somebody says, uh, let's suppose a certain uh, national leader says, "We got it. It's available." Well, it's tough. Um, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go in here. One that you're that you're just alluding to is trust in the leader making this announcement. Um, and that's, uh, that's been badly damaged in our country, right? We, uh, uh, here in the United States, we do not typically trust our political leaders. Um, and it's even worse these days. So the question isn't really even whether we trust the science or the scientists, because it so often gets filtered through the politics. In fact, um, I'll just make one note, just to be fair, just to feel like, I don't want to say we're only exclusively here on Trump, definitely mentioning Trump, but you know, the, our, we have an election coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And if Trump loses and it goes to Biden and, and the vaccine comes out under Biden, there's going to be a huge amount of this country who are Trump supporters who aren't going to trust. Biden. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so the anti-vax movement is is just as much a left wing thing as a right wing. That's mm-hmm. um, uh, got a different flavor these days. Um, but for instance, you have to consider things like, so I have children and we need to think about things like, well, was it tested on adults and was it tested on children? Um, should we expect a different kind of reaction, um, depending on age range and then exposure, right? I, I spend time in a classroom with a bunch of, uh, poorly self-regulated 18 year olds every week. Um, so I'm going to be more exposed than others. So I might want to, uh, take a little more risk in terms of the vaccine because I'm taking a higher risk, uh, in terms of exposure. Um, but if you're a hermit and you sit at home all day and never have any interactions with people, um, and you're worried about the vaccine, then that's probably not a huge deal if you don't take it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Depending on how high risk you are. I mean, I think, unfortunately, there are people who are high risk for COVID, you know, having a bad outcome from COVID, who, who are also afraid of vaccines when it could be. Yep, I mean, there's, there's, definitely- there's a lot of senior citizens running around without masks and, you know, just sort of anti-science and uh, they're putting themselves in danger. Um, so G- Gabby, what are, how does that work with, with uh, children in different ages? Like what, what how do they determine, what, so what, for, what's the makeup of the uh, trial, the people? So in- for the Pfizer study, they were rolling, they were enrolling anyone from, I think it was 18 to 85. And 18, I believe is more mm-hmm. of a consent thing that, you know, you're, you're able to, you know, sign the forms, you are an adult and say, I'm good with this, so they don't have to bring in parents or guardians. And then oh, up to 85. Like nobody has, mom, yeah. I want to try it. Yeah. <laughs> that would just be, that would be chaotic. Um, so, so yeah, they're, they're enrolling basically, you know, air quotes, healthy adults from 1885. They, obviously it's not necessarily a fully representative population because they are using ideal healthy adults. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know exactly what their criteria is for that. They do make you answer some questions to like pre-screen you. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure on their side, they have a cutoff of like, if you mention X, Y, or Z of these things, it would disqualify you. But I don't know specifically what they are. I happen to be pretty healthy. So therefore I had nothing to tell them that was, you know, would have gotten me disqualified. Is it is it like uh, a college, uh, you know, in, in dealing with applications where it's like, well, we want a certain mix of people. Um, 
when, so you apply, is, is that how they determine like, well, we have a certain, we, we need people from this community, at this age and this, these different cohorts. Is that how they decided? I do or think they, they want to try to, I think they do want to try to get a very wide range of people. So for example, you might necessarily, you might fit all of the qualifications of their study, but if there happen to be a ton of people my age that are applying, some of us might be filtered out because they do have a cap on how many people they can enroll. It's, they can't just enroll like mm-hmm. 60,000 sure. people just because they want to. I think right, right. now they're capped at 30,000 and they're trying to enroll more. I think they just filed with the FDA to enroll like another 10,000 people. So they, they do try to get a good mix so that they have a pretty representative group. But of course, some of that is down to who decides to enroll in this. So if you don't have many, you know, 70, 80 year olds who try to do this, then inherently it's going to be a little skewed, but they try not to have it be skewed as much as possible. Do you get paid? I think so. It's yeah, it's, but it's mostly, I think like reimbursement for travel. And I think there's, you get paid a little bit because you have to fill out. It's actually kind of long. You, you go like four times to them over like three months, six months, 12 months, 24 months. And then the entire time you're keeping like a monthly journal of like potential symptoms for like two years. Wow. So I think that's that mostly long. what they would reimburse you for. But like I said, they, they really want to track this as long as possible. So even if it might get approved before they're studying it for two years, they obviously want to continue monitoring the people in the original cohort wow. for as long as possible. And that's not atypical. That's fairly common in a bunch of other studies, especially for like, not like cancer drugs, but drugs that people would be taking constantly, like, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of their life, like heart medication, they really want to monitor you for as long as possible right. to make sure that yeah. nothing crops up, you know, two years from now, because you've been slowly developing kidney stones or something. Right. Wow. So this, you're, you're this is a really cool project to be a part. Of. I mean, if yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know if I'll get enrolled yet. I, I got a call last week that said I passed the pre-screen and I think that was from like Pfizer's people. So I could right. potentially get a call from Sinai, the, the testing site, and see where it goes. All right. Well, cool. we're all rooting for you. Yeah. Science. Guinea pig. Guinea pig. Guinea pig. If there are other people that want to sign up, is there a certain place they should go? Or should we just say Google it and uh, find it in uh, your community? It, it, I can't remember the, the website because it has like a very generic name, like covidstudy.com or something like that. I would just right. say Google it. Uh, don't go to that website in case. Yeah, God, that's kind of a suspicious it. sounding link. <laughs> it, it did sound very suspicious, but it was actually my roommate who told me because she's on a, she participated in one study back at, at Sinai like a while ago. And she's on like a, I guess like their email blast list for stuff like that. And she sent it out to me and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'll sign, I'll sign up for that. Yeah. It's like going to, like, I'm going to go to hell no, I don't want COVID.com. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good. Uh, so, um, Thank you. Thank you. for This is a whole fascinating new thing. I didn't even know we were, we were going to be able to get a little insight on being part of the trial. It's really cool. I'm going to look I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I'd go like, for it. It can be part of history. Yeah. yeah. I remember we used to get the Nielsen ratings um, packet in the mail back in the days when they had to, they would send you like a blank TV guide, basically, and you had to fill out in pencil, you know, the shows you you watched and my dad would always be like, Oh God, they got us again. And I was always like, this is awesome. And I would grab it. And <laughs> this is completely unrelated to any uh, scientific endeavor. I would just, of course, write in all of my favorite shows. Well, sure. 
we watch that. And that is, by the way, how Six Million Dollar Man got to stay on the air for so long. Because of your letter? Yeah. Or just, yeah, I wrote it every day, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that makes total sense, yeah. Maximum times in the log. So uh, thank you, Gabby. Thank you very much. Uh, Rock EDU. Uh, you're at, I don't think we mentioned in the particular show, you're at Rockefeller University, an unbelievably uh, historic and elite um, scientific uh, research university. And um, they have a program where they, they put up a lot of cool information for people. So um, rock.edu uh, will get you there. Is that right? We should probably find, we should get the actual, <laughs> I, I've got a link on our website. Yeah, we've put up the link. Yeah, yeah whatthef.com is our website and you can contact us there. And I'd love to hear questions from you. Um, I'm sure Gabby would love to answer questions from Yes, I really would. I really would. That's <laughs> I've been hoping for it for a couple of weeks. Send in your questions. Yes, yes. Uh, whatif.com, you can you, can, you just write right there on the webpage. There, there's a thing where you can contact us or whatif.com slash contact. Or if you prefer email, feedback at whattheif.com or on Twitter um, at whattheifshow. Um, Matt, anything coming up you want to give a plug for? Uh, not at the moment, no. No plugs. No Gabby, anything you'd like to plug? It's not necessarily something I'm involved with, but it's actually very cool. Um, for those of you who are interested and maybe really want more of the COVID information, MIT is running a weekly COVID course. You don't actually have to enroll because they broadcast everything afterwards to YouTube. Uh, it's, it's very mm. accessible and it features all of the people who are really, really key in this. Like, you know, I, I've said before, I don't, necessarily consider myself an expert, but it's really because there are people like this who exist, who are just core to the fields. So as an example, one of the people that they're getting to speak is uh, Dr. Fauci. And, oh, cool. you know, you, you get to meet a lot of the other scientists, uh, including, um, oh Christ, I can't remember his name. Uh, the, the guy who basically started testing remdesivir before COVID was even a thing, mm. and who's now really been thrust into the limelight of, you know, this research being important. So it's very accessible. Highly recommend it. I'm sure you could just Google MIT COVID course. I don't have the link saved right now, um, but okay, well, we'll highly recommend it. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I fear the pop quiz that Fauci's going to throw on us. <laughs> um, excellent. Thank you, Gabby. Poor Thanks tired so much. man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, a shout out to all of you around the world who are listening. Uh, we hope you're doing well. And uh, let us know how things are doing in your part of the earth. Um, and and what, what are people talking about there? Until next week, this is What The If News. And, you know, normally there would be music there. Yeah, but, but I can't help it. It's not necessary. Yeah, was, I was pitching a no-hitter there. And uh, how about now? Yay! There we go. <laughs> <laughs>